following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? This is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Hand off, Elliott plowing to the goal line. Barry sacked by Lord. Prescott keeps it, and he bangs it into the touchdown. And now your hosts, Isaiah Stanback. Heckma Harrison, Rob Phillips, and Kyle Yeomans. <laughs> Welcome into Talking Cowboys here on this Monday morning as we are back. Another off-season edition, and we have got plenty to break down because there's excellence all over the place this morning, as always, on this <laughs> oh show. We have got guys ready and raring to go about quarterback news. The Senior Bowl <laughs> is in the rearview mirror, and we've got some off-season dates. And we, hey, we heard from Will McClay, the... Uh, Cowboys front office has now spoken over some of the draft process. We're going to break all of that down for you. Kyle Yeomans alongside Heckma Harrison, Rob Phillips, and our resident Super Bowl champion, Isaiah Stanback. It is the week of the Super Bowl, gentlemen, and yeah, we've got a lot to get to around the NFL because, well... There were some trades that happened that involved quarterbacks, but I want to start talking tight end. How about that, gentlemen? And Because, you know, for those of you who watch this show th- over the course of the year, you, you know that, that Heckman and I are very engulfed in Texas high school football, so it's always been a dream of mine to talk Texas high school football on this show. And now we get a chance to do that because <laughs> as of about 30 minutes ago, Tight end, former tight end, soon to be Hall of Famer, Jason Witten, who announced his retirement from the NFL last week, has been hired now as the head coach of the Liberty Christian Argyle Christian School. Uh, they ex- uh-huh. they are excited to announce their new head football coach, Jason Witten. Jason, the former Dallas Cowboy and longtime Liberty parent, will be joining the Liberty Christian coaching staff as their head football coach. So, Rob, first off. Uh, it's another new venture for Jason Witten. We saw that last year, uh, or I guess two years ago. His new venture, though, was Monday Night Football. This one a little bit more tame, but still very intriguing from Witt's perspective. Well, I need a breakdown from you guys about Argyle Liberty Christian. Tell me tell me about the program. What, what are we working with here for Jason Witten? All right, Heckman, you want to well, go at is, it? This is a great – absolutely, man. This is a, a great, uh, great school – Obviously, the program, they've been building it over the years, championships galore. Uh, man, they've had, that's just, there, there are a few players that have been there. I don't, I don't know where they are now, but a few guys uh, that Nick have played Starkle. Argyle from, from this area. Exactly. There's um, one. But, <laughs> well, they're just a lot of, they're a lot, of, they, I mean, they have turned out some talent there and couldn't be more excited for those, for the staff. Obviously, the players. And, man, getting a guy like Jason Witten as your head coach has got to speak volumes uh, for those players and through their program. I just know that they have been a contender for years, and so I just look to see what he's going to do as far as taking these guys to the next level. Yeah, uh, um, those years, just for a quick second, they were not a contender this past year. Let's just say that. He's got some work to do. They were 2-7. and So he's got some work to do, Rob, whenever it comes to turning this program around. But a very rich history, nonetheless, as a as an organization and he's he's staying home he's staying home with family and and look Sean Lee has been asked the last couple years what are you going to do when you retire you're going to be a coach when are you going to get into coaching Witten is like the prime candidate to do that because you know his grandfather really shaped his life his that was his high school coach and I, I have never had any doubt that that's what he wants to do at some point um but you know, he's 38 years old, and there's time to get in back in the NFL, back to go to college and coach if that's what he wants to do. I think this is pretty cool. He gets to be around his family and get and kind of just, you know, ease into the coaching thing if that's what he wants to continue doing. So, um, you know, Isaiah, you played with him for a couple years, and, and you know how competitive he is. And I, I think, you know, ending his career, as he announced last week, not – not getting that Super Bowl, I know him well enough to know that's that's something that he's probably going to think about every day for the rest of his life, even if, if if it's for a split second. But I think staying around the game is something that's going to be good for him. Yeah, no, I think it's a good move for Witt, man. That's a good move for Witt. I mean, there's not too many guys that love the game of football more than he does. And when you love the game that much, you want to share it. 
right? You want to share it. You want to make sure that somebody else feels that same love that they, that they have the resources, um, to continue to develop as players and become who they, who they really truly hope to be one day, which is <clears throat> somewhere in Canton, Ohio, like he's going to be, mm-hmm. um, in the very near future. So, um, you know, Wit is a, is a great guy, great personality. Um, he's a great teacher. I don't, I don't think there's ever been a question about that. Um, his, his leadership is second to none. And, uh, these guys are going to be blessed to have him as their head coach. Isaiah, have you sent out an email yet? Are you going to be his offensive coordinator down there in Argyle? Are you going to figure <laughs> nah, out a way to get man, there? Nah, no, nah, I, I I have my thoughts about being a coach this offseason. Like, a couple people asked me, and I was like, mm, I'm not sure if I'm ready for that yet. I'm not <laughs> sure if I'm ready for that. But you know what? I am going to support him, huh? But yes. Yes <laughs> is the operative word. Mm. Yes. It's a good point. Mm, you know, yeah. Maybe yeah. maybe if we get maybe Barry we'll Church Barry Church as a package deal and put Barry Church on the defensive side and he's the defensive coordinator, then maybe you'll find a hey, way to get it done. BC, we've had some conversations. I'm just, never know. I never know. That's right. Hey, Barry'd be a great coach too. You know, I, I will say this: we got a glimpse into Witten's coaching style year to year when when Jason Garrett did the Cowboys U day every every year with high school kids getting to be coached by Cowboys players and dude he was super intense as you would expect mm-hmm. like Witten's a nice guy but there there is a flip switch <laughs> yeah when, once he uh, step on the field that dude, sorry, he loves the game yeah he, yeah it's it's evident right he loves the game and if you and if you don't honor the game in the way in which he in which you should and which way he perceives that you should oh you're gonna catch the wrath believe that mm-hmm. you know, the little beady eyes gonna come out and beady yeah. eyes gonna come out it gets real intense Yep. So uh, yeah, those those high school players they, they might be excited today. Come conditioning, oh lord, yeah, That'd be Jesus. Well, and there's going to be <laughs> so that that school. Just for those of you outside of the Dallas Fort Worth area, it's a very highly privileged area, and it's a really really fantastic student body and parents around it. I mean, it is a top notch school. And then you talk about the program. Yeah, they've got a lot of history. They haven't been as successful as of late uh, as they want to be, but it's a very, very talented area, like very, very talent-rich area. Argyle High School, the public school that's in the area down the street, has won state title after state title after state title. So with this being a private school, Jace Witten could potentially recruit, so maybe some (laughs) some practice at maybe luring players into his program, some highly talented guys, and I think it won't take very long for Jason Witten, but congratulations to Big Wit and his family staying home and a great opportunity for him and for Texas high school football at the same time. Now, there has been some new opportunity throughout the NFL over this offseason as well, and we knew the quarterback carousel was coming. Well, it's already started via the Los Angeles Rams and the Detroit Lions. And for those Cowboys fans that are tuning in, because we are talking Cowboys, don't worry. We're going to turn this back to Dak Prescott here in just a little bit. But first, (laughs) I wanted to get y'all's reaction on the Rams and the Lions trade. Matthew Stafford going to L.A., two first-round picks, Jared Goff on their way to Detroit. Now there was a couple extra pieces in there as well. But, Rob, what did you think about the trade overall? And do you think that the Rams got enough in return? turn in Matthew Stafford because now this quarterback market gets very intriguing my first thought was wow you know I like when you see Jared Goff who played in the Super Bowl a couple years ago and has the contract that he has and he's viewed by some as like a throw-in as part of this trade Mm -hmm. you know we talked about this in our text group the other day it's like it's yeah oh yeah Jared Goff but you got two first round picks and a future third round pick in, in addition, like that, that is a huge haul for Detroit. And th- like they signed Dan Campbell to like a six year deal as the new head coach. So they're not in a hurry here. They're trying to rebuild. And so uh, it just shows you, you know, when you're a team like the Rams that thinks you're close, you know, just keep mortgaging that future basically because, <laughs> you know, I mean, they just keep trading away first round picks. And it makes me wonder, guys, like, are other teams going to start doing this? Because I don't think it, 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 it works from a long-term point of view. I don't think it's very efficient operating business because of the financials involved. Uh, the draft is so important. But, I mean, they're kind of like the Lakers right now. They don't care about the future. They're just trying to win now. And who cares if we don't have a first-round pick for five more years or whatever it is? Mm-hmm. Ekma? 
Well, I think in the business of the NFL, we've seen some pretty bad and some pretty good deals. This is going to rank amongst them. I'm going to call this one a, 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 a bad deal on paper right now with everything that they've given up. I mean, leveraging their future two first round, two first rounders and a third and, you know, throw in golf in the deal as well. So, <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's, it's just crazy. one of those. It, it really is. And when when I saw it, the, the one thing that I thought of immediately was like Deshaun. My mind went to Deshaun Watson and just how, what are they going to give up to get a guy mm-hmm. like that? But just stay with Matthew Stafford and just his opportunity that that he has. Obviously, we know Matthew Stafford very well because he's from the Dallas area and uh, from Holland Park. Uh, and and he, this is a guy that has a, a, a gun, I mean, an arm. He can make all the throws. Obviously, you have no question marks there uh, with him as far as his arm strength. But, you know, he hadn't won anything in Detroit. Uh, and there are a lot of people that are going to say that it was the organization that bought his play down. But he's played with some studs, Megatron. I mean, Roy Williams, yes, Bush, Bell, and the list goes on. But I think for Matthew Stafford getting an opportunity to play for the Rams and Sean McVay's offense, man, I'm really excited to see what he can do. It's going to, you know, give them an ability to stretch the field and expose uh, a lot of defenses. That's what Sean McVay does better than a lot of coaches is is find the mismatch and do a lot of that uh, from different formations. So it's going to be really interesting to see what they can do. I know a lot of people have put them in the Super Bowl already with Matt Stafford. I'm not going to go that way, but it seems as though that Detroit with Dan Campbell, their future is going to be bright as well because, man, they're going to have some first-round picks uh, via the Rams for a couple of years now. Yeah, it's kind of funny that, um, Rob, as you mentioned in a, in a group text the other day, you know, hey, two first-round picks, a third pick, and then you get a Jared Goff. Just a toss-up. Um, no, I mean, my understanding of the situation is that the Rams were in a bad contract situation with Jared Goff, and they needed to get that off their hands by any means. Um, and if you can if you can get yourself out of a bad contractual agreement uh, and, and at the same time grab yourself somebody who's proven in this league and that is a proven leader and as a proven dog, I think that's what the Rams were looking for. I think they were looking for a dog at quarterback. It's not to say that Jared Goff wasn't a good quarterback. I just don't know if he fits in the dog category. Um, and you really need that uh, whenever you're trying to go out there and grab some championships. Uh, so I think that, the, you know, that situation is what it is. I think they gave up a whole heck of a lot to do so. But as you guys already said, you know, these guys aren't worried about the future. I don't I don't think Sean McVay is about 17 years old. So I, I doubt that he's thinking he's thinking about the future. I know he's worried about the now because he has about 30 more years of coaching. So um, he need, he needs that ring on his finger. No, and Isaiah, I think you don't you like would, it, Kyle. You don't like the trade. I, I like the trade. I do like the trade. Actually, I was about to say Isaiah and I, I think, are on the are, are on the island together and it's not a very populated island right now a lot of people don't like this trade and i i see where they're coming from because there's an, an immense amount of pressure on both of these guys both matthew stafford and jared goff have to be good they have to go to their respective teams now and have some success now i agree with isaiah on the contract situation you look at jared goff's contract over the last couple of years i mean 28 million dollars last year he was set for 27.8 this year it was 25 in 2022 and then you have a potential out in 2023 But he's contracted in until 2024, so it was not a good contract for Jared Goff. But then you look at the Rams and what they gave up. Some of the stats on this trade are just mind-boggling. The fact that, one, Los Angeles right now has has slated themselves for not having a first-round pick from 2017 till 2023, almost or that's seven years full of draft picks that yeah. they have given up. And some are to Jacksonville, some now to Detroit. Of course, the trade that got Jared Goff netted two first-round picks, and then they trade two first-round picks to get rid of the guy. So it, it, it's a crazy trade that hasn't been seen in the NFL. For instance, it's the first exchange of first number one overall picks in the common draft era since 1967. So it's been a long time since we've seen a trade like this, and I think that puts a lot of pressure on these quarterbacks. But when you look at it on paper, the Rams now have a chance to win now. They get rid of the contract situation, yeah. which are two that's two very positive things for Los Angeles. Yeah, they gave up a lot, and I agree, they did give up a lot. 
But now Detroit has a chance to build yeah. and be young <clears throat> and to start over. It's, and if Matt Stafford doesn't work out, Isaiah, then the Rams have the same thing. They can start over in 2023. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I mean, but I, one thing that nobody's really thinking about nor talking about right now is the fact that how easy is it for the Rams to get uh, to get <clears throat> free agents? Right. Mm-hmm. Think about it. Think about That's it. It's true. easy to move to L.A. Right. So even though you don't have your first round draft picks, you still are going to have a quarterback that everybody wants to play with. Right. You have some dogs in the backfield and some dogs at, at the receiver position. There's going to be guys that they want to come play on the offensive side of the ball. Flip the script on the other side of the ball. Your secondary. You got Ramsey. Your D line. You got freaking Donald. Guys want to come to L.A. and live the la la life. And oh, by the way, there's some really good dogs on this team. Yeah. So it's not as difficult for guys. It's not. They're not as in bad of a. How can I say this? They're not a. a in that bad of a situation because they don't have to develop these guys. They can wait till guys are three, four years removed from their contracts. And they hope, by the way, you guys want to come win, come play with us. And guys are going to be like, Hmm, taxes or weather. Eh, I'm going to go get this weather and get, try to go shoot for this ring. So I think that they're in a good position in that regard. And, and their coach doesn't hurt either. I hadn't thought about that. That's interesting because the problem with doing this is that, and they've done it since 2016, and actually, Kyle, I think 2024 is the first year they get their first round pick back. You're right, but it is. If you, if you, but you know that that I don't know their salary cap situation, but the problem that's is where with it's that, at. That's where you got to concentrate because they're in salary got, cap hell. <laughs> yeah, that's that's why the draft's so important. Heck, is that you, you you know you're getting what you hope is an elite player in the first round who doesn't cost that much on your salary cap for four or five years, and so. Jalen Ramsey's a huge get, but he's not. It's kind of like when Amari came over here. It's a huge get, but you can't say that Amari, in a sense, was the Cowboys' first round pick because you had you signed him to a monster deal way before a first round pick would have been signed to it. So it, it just comes down to the cap. But that's interesting what Isaiah said about, you know, if guys want to come aboard and take less and still make an impact because it's LA. Maybe it's a wash, and maybe they're the only type of market that can really pull that off. There's very few that can. They yeah, also talking about the specifics of the salary cap. I mean, I think that's going to make the difference. I think they have a, a ton of dead money on the books that they're still going to have to deal with with golf and also girly. So their margin for error is going to be very slim uh, and be in a situation where you can't get those top tier uh, players. But again, you know, these guys are right on the cusp of a championship. And this move was pushing all of your chips to the middle of the table and saying we're all in to Mm -hmm. go on a Super Bowl Mm -hmm. run. How long is Matthew Stafford going to be able to play at a high level? And look, man, if you're Detroit, you would have to be crazy to turn down that deal. I think any team, (laughs) two number ones, a three, and the first overall player. And thinking about Detroit, they're still going, in my opinion, I think they're still going to uh, draft a quarterback this year. So, and they might. man, golf just went from <laughs> L.A. He just went from L.A. to Detroit in a quarterback battle. So, man, all prayers up for Jerry Goff. <laughs> well, I feel bad for the man. Did you, did you see his quote? His quote? This quote yeah. said, I'm happy to be playing for a team that actually wants me and believes Aww, in me. Was like, poor oh, guy. God. Um, Jerry Goff. I think if I had a paycheck, I'd be okay. Um, Now, with the Rams, you you talk about wanting to win now and maybe not caring as much about the future and about the draft picks and yada, yada, yada. Whenever the Rams, you look at this division in the NFC West, the Seahawks are a little bit down. I mean, they've got a little bit of turmoil, and I'm not saying they're bad by any means. I think the Seahawks are in a great situation, but they're not as good as the Seahawks have been previously. The Cardinals are on the the ascension. They're starting to climb the ranks. They're starting to win games. And how long until Kyler Murray and they uh, and Cliff Kingsbury all get it together? And then the 49ers, of course, had a down year as well. So maybe the Rams are looking at this as we've got a two- or three-year window to try and get out of this division sure. and make a playoff yeah. run. Let's try and do it because we made a, a playoffs it, this if, year. If it doesn't matter. Yeah, you get, you get a ring up out of this, yeah. and and maybe after that, if you struggle and you don't have your picks for a couple years, it doesn't. It's worth it. It's worth it to your fan base. So I get it from that standpoint. I just I don't think we've ever seen this in the NFL no. in the cap era where teams just do not care about their first round picks. This is why we have the draft show. This is what this is. It's the life. Imagine blood, that. It's the lifeblood <laughs> of a franchise, and so they just they're just kind of like, yeah, we're good. You know, it's interesting. Yeah, we don't want to participate. No thanks. We'll try and find our guys later on. That's exactly what the Rams have done, and it, it, it is a crazy trade. But you talk about something we haven't seen in the NFL. Well, that's certainly what's on the docket for Deshaun Watson and company. How does Deshaun Watson's situation 
relate to Dak Prescott. So we're going to talk about that on the other side of the break. Keep listening. It's Talking Cowboys presented by Geico. There's nothing as unique as our eyes, which is why Essilor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Grisol for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson Hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Dear, it's 1908. Don't you think we should get electricity? Hmm, and stop using candles to see at night. It's just electricity lights up the room fast. It's more reliable than candles blowing out, and people seem to love it nationwide. Well, candles are... Dear, did you just run into the wall? Nope. May I have a new candle, please? Historically, switching to new technology is a no-brainer. Today, it's AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure, and nationwide. Switch to AT&T 5G. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan. May not be in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Back to Talkin' Cowboys. As we continue on on this Monday morning, talking a bunch about the quarterback situation in the NFL, and whether you're watching from home or you're cheering in the stands with Essilor lenses, you can see every exciting play. Book an appointment at your local Essilor experts and see what Essilor can do for you. See more, do more Essilor. And heck, well, you've got some pretty nice uh, nice frames on right now. Nice. My goodness, those things are clean. Uh, mm, those look new. Yeah. Are those new? Yeah, they are, man, and, and got an opportunity to put me some Essilor lenses in them, man, so thanks to mm. the fine people at Essilor, I'm definitely seeing more, being more Essilor, all of that. So. <laughs> I like it. It's like a symphony on your head, not in your head. Um, now, Heckma, I will say we haven't had an opportunity today where you have, you have overstepped Chris's standby call in our, our headset. So, I mean, I don't know if the, mm. the eye vision or whatnot is helping out with that, but, hey, you haven't, haven't had to step over yet. So the Essilor lenses are working, seeing more, doing more, as always, here on Talking Cowboys. Wow. But oh, we, yeah. we were talking wow. about the <clears> – Unbelievable. <laughs> we were talking about the uh, – <laughs> The quarterback situation and the trade between the Rams Mm -hmm. and the Detroit Lions and how that kind of – and Heckman, you brought it up a minute ago about how, wow, if that's the haul for Matthew Stafford, then what is it going to be for Deshaun Watson? Now, Deshaun Watson, of course, it's been going back and forth with him and the Houston Texans and just how things are going to turn out there, nobody really knows. But whenever it comes to Dak Prescott, I think this is starting to show just how tough it is to find a franchise quarterback in the NFL, and just how much you need to hold on to one once you find them. And because, I mean, you look at two first-round swapping in Detroit and L.A., the other, uh, or not even first-rounders, first overall picks swapping in Detroit and L.A. Then you look at the Texans situation, and now you look at the Cowboys, and the negotiations are ongoing and everything that's going on with that. But, Heckma, how imperative is it that you hold on to Dak Prescott now because this quarterback market continues to explode year after year? Yeah, it just shows you how hard it is to find a a quarterback. And, you know, teams take a swing and a miss all the time in the first round on guys that they think can be those transcendent talents to change your program, change your franchise. And, man, with with Deshaun Watson, I just got to say, I do not enjoy the contentiousness between him and the Texas 
Texans organization. Um, it just seemed like it went downhill really fast. And guys, if you can get in the hot tub time machine and go back just a year and three weeks ago, the Kansas Great City, the, the Texans had a 24 point lead on the Kansas City Chiefs. Wow. Right. And so, man, when you talk about it was all good just a week ago, that's it. You know, <laughs> because they were on the same page. They were looking like they were on their way to a Super Bowl. And even this year in 2020, if you talk about Deshaun Watson having a 70% completion rate in the Super Bowl era, man, there hadn't been any quarterbacks to ever not go to the Super Bowl with a 70% completion rate. And Deshaun Watson is that man. And just seeing everything that's going on between those guys, and he has the $150 million contract, but yet mm -hmm. he still wants out. Uh, for Dak, man, I'm just I'm hopeful that the the communicate the lines of communication are open and these guys are willing to make this deal work. I mean, there are two schools of thought with it. There's people that believe that Dak Prescott can only win if he has, you know, uh, talented players around him or he doesn't make all of the top tier throws as a Ben or Pat Mahomes or Russell Wilson makes. So it just seems like with Dak, the. The goalpost is always being moved depending on how you think about him. For me, and I think I don't know about for you guys, but 2020 to me proved that his leadership was missing. Yep. I mean, he's a pro. He's a stud. He's the face of your franchise. He do, has done it all for you. And, yeah, he's improved himself as a quarterback year after year. I'm just hoping that this deal gets done and it's not another offseason where we talk about this every day and then it ends up him being franchised. And that, again, that contention, contentiousness just grows between him, he and the organization. Rob, do you know of any talks that have happened between Dak Prescott and the Cowboys over the course of this offseason? Because, I mean, they could have started talking as soon as the Cowboys were eliminated against the Giants that final week of the regular season, right? Yeah, as soon as the Cowboy season ends, uh, they were able to start talking again. I don't know to what point those talks have, have gone. Um, I, I don't know where they're at with that right now. Um, I, I do know, I do feel like there are some things that could potentially delay really substantive talks returning. And that's, we don't know what the salary cap level yeah. is right now. And we won't know it. Usually that comes out around early March. Now, I, okay. the Cowboys may have an idea of, you know, what it might be. You know, uh, obviously it's going to drop because of the pandemic. There's that. There's also Dak coming off the injury. Mm -hmm. uh, everything we've heard publicly, they feel great about that, his recovery. So there are some, some extra layers to the talks when they resume again, if they haven't yet. Uh, than they have in past years. But I do think once they do get going in earnest again, uh, to me, I don't think it should take that long to figure something out. I, I, they, they've talked and talked and talked, and, and there have been <laughs> offers on the table from the Cowboys. And so I, I just think, you know, I, I think the cap may throw a wrench into some things, and it's possible, you know, that by March 9th, they've got to franchise him and, and get that placeholder in place wow. again. Um, but I don't, I, I think they've, they've talked enough around this deal that to me, it, it, you know, I, I don't think it should take months and months of negotiating. You know, if they if both sides want to get it done, I think they can get it done. Isaiah. Yeah, no, when you, when you guys look at, when you guys look at the comparison between this and the Watson situation and just the free agency market with quarterbacks around the league in terms of having a, a solid solidified starter, right? A guy that, you know, you can depend on a franchise guy. I mean, I think I think this is probably the best example of it. Uh, we saw that drop off. I thought, you know, I know I thought that Andy Dalton was going to be able to come in and supplement it, and he he did so once he got rolling. But uh, we had a lot of negative things happen this year, and and his Dak's presence was definitely missed. Um, there's no question about his legitimacy, his his role, his position on this team. They need him. They need him, and there needs to be no question regarding that. Uh, and this organization needs to do the right thing. Go ahead and take care of him. I think that that will be the case because they know. If they franchise tag him, he's not coming back. Mm -hmm. If you if no, you franchise him, if you franchise tag him twice in a row, he is not coming back. I don't care if you're offering him more, more money; he's not coming back just off of principle alone. All right, just just off of principle alone. It's just, it's just like we're doing the hood. It's on OG. It's not happening. So uh, <laughs> I, I gotta ask you. Though. Not, I gotta ask you though, Isaiah. Yeah. When it comes down to quarterbacks, and you've played with some some great quarterback with some great quarterbacks, as far as Dak and, and the school of thought of him being the kind of quarterback that makes everyone else better, 
What is do you add any validity to that arg argument or do you believe he is a guy that you can win with no matter what kind of talent if you have around mm. him? I, I can't answer that to the fulfillment as, as, I, as I want to because I don't know him like that. Um, yeah. I've ran into him one time, so I don't really truly know his leadership ability, nor have I had the eyes mm -hmm. like some of our other comrades over there, heck, this year that I can watch practice. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> sprinkle some of that on there. Uh, but, you know, I can say with the quarterbacks that I have been very spoiled to have played with Hall of Fame quarterbacks. No, no doubt about it. And I can tell you that. All quarterbacks, all quarterbacks need talent around them to be successful. Let's yeah. just let's just end the conversation right there. Um, you cannot be successful as a quarterback if you don't have an offensive line. We saw that this year. You cannot be successful as a quarterback if you don't have receivers to throw to. Mm, unless you got an amazing running game, it's not happening, right? We're not looking for game managers uh, to to win Super Bowls. It's just not happening. Russell Wilson is not that guy anymore. You know, he's, he doesn't have the running game that he once had with Marshawn. You know, a Hall of Fame running back. Now you got to go out there and get it done with with just with good receivers. So, uh, you know, it's, it's the same thing. I think Dak can definitely come back, and I think once we have things solidified, he can be that guy. Um, the, the making guys better. It's it's an expectancy. When you play when you play with TB12, there's a level of expectation that you have, and that's the reason why you're seeing hap what's happening right now with Tampa Bay. What's happening with them, right? On the offensive side of the ball, defensive side of the ball, and special teams, you elevate your play because of the expectancy of what's to come. If you have a guy that you don't know what you're going to get out of him. I, I don't, what's my expectation level? I don't know, right? If my guy's wishy-washy, do I have a dog or do I have somebody who's high and low? What happens when he throws it, what happens when he throws a three interception game? Is he going to mm -hmm. come back and keep working hard or is he going to go sit by himself on the end of a bench or is he going to come back and motivate everybody and say, that's on me. Let's go this next series. There's an expectancy, right? So when you know what you're getting out of that position, it's easy for you to raise your level of play and your confidence grows. Your confidence grows. How many guys can go freaking grab A, B, Grunkhouse and get all these guys out of, out of retirement and, and suspension and bring them on the squad and say, guess what? I need you to be the player that you once were, or at least one step short of that, right? And let's go out here and win a doggone championship. And guys look at you and say, okay, sir, right? It's, <laughs> yes, sir. There's only a handful of those guys that do it. All right. So Dak. We're gonna see. We're gonna see what Dak brings to the table when he comes back this year, because we obviously know what happens when he's not there. Well, you look even just at the reaction that Houston has had. I mean, Houston, even with all the noise, even with all the talk, and and Watson officially requesting a trade out of Houston, they they still don't want to give him up. And, and I think that just shows how priceless these quarterbacks are for all the Cowboys fans out there. And there's not a lot of them that at, during the, the course of the season are saying, oh, my gosh, let's trade Dak Prescott. It doesn't happen like that. It doesn't happen where you trade last, a franchise quarterback. Look at the last two NFC champions. Mm -hmm. One just changed quarterbacks, right, because they weren't satisfied with what they were getting from their number one overall pick from a few years ago. Yep. And now it just came out this morning reports that the 49ers are open to making a trade of some sort to maybe go get another quarterback. Maybe it's Kirk Cousins. That's what that was a report from ESPN. So, mm. you know, yeah, they're hard to find. Great quarterbacks are hard to find consistently great quarterbacks. And mm -hmm. you guys are so right. Heck, Isaiah, you talked about quarterbacks needing help. It's not a, a knock or a diss on a quarterback that they need – Things around them. Why did Tom Brady go to Tampa Bay? Yep. Because they had the best <laughs> best options offensively at skill positions. The the Patriots don't anymore. They really don't. And um, you know, another example, Aaron Rodgers. They drafted a quarterback in the first round. That pissed him uh, off. That yep. pissed him off because it was a it was a great receiver draft, and they the didn't disrespect. go that route. Yeah, to help mm -hmm. him out. So uh, even the very best need help. And I think you know Dak. I I, I think he. You know you you don't pay Dak necessarily just for what he's been and he's taking you to the second round of the playoffs twice in five years got hurt early this past year you pay him in part because of what you think he can be mm -hmm. and it, they clearly believe i think they believe that he can become one of the very very best quarterbacks as he gets older and gets more time in the system like isaiah you played the position there comes a certain point where you've seen everything there is to see yeah and, and so i think health willing they think he can get to that point, and by paying him, that would be proof of that. 
It is kind of sad that that you have to throw the health willing in there because, I mean, he was not – it really never was a health willing with Dak Prescott. He was available. He didn't miss a game from his rookie year until year five. And, I mean, that that ended up being the case in 2020. But, heck, if you're the Cowboys and you're looking at this situation and you're you're doing exactly what Rob just said and paying him for what he can be – how much does the ankle play into that? Because there's leverage with the ankle. I mean, we've said that already, that the leverage there is on the Cowboys' standpoint, but there's also leverage from Dak Prescott's standpoint of saying, once I went out, you saw what your season went to after that moment happened. So where do the Cowboys go from here in terms of evaluating the ankle, looking at it, and making sure that he can be what Rob Phillips, like the, the Cowboys, want him to be in the future? Man, I have a microscope in every orifice, man, trying to find out how that ankle is doing. If I'm going to pay you $40 million or around about whatever that top-tier money is, it's going to play into uh, a huge part of this uh, decision-making for the Cowboys. But I don't believe that the ankle is going to be a I, – at least that's what I'm hoping, right? I, yeah. I don't believe that it's going to be a problem for Dak to heal from this. And you have a history of other guys healing from these types of injuries. How does that play into – his mechanics pushing off of his foot will he be willing will he be the same Dak Prescott these are questions that he's going to have uh, to answer for this franchise but again when you look at the way that teams are willing to move guys after they signed them you know if this doesn't work out for the for the Cowboys or Dak say if they sign him that you do realize that they can move on from it potentially right now it's just in a situation where We've been talking about this. There's been so much conjecture about this contract, and everyone believes, and I think anyone that's seen Dak play realizes that he's earned that contract. The thing is, is that the, the, train, the, the thought process on Dak is, is do you – do you consider him to be in the same air as Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson's? I think the, the resounding vote is a no. And so that's where I mm. think the tug-of-war the tug, the tug uh, internally happens with getting him signed to a long-term deal. And that's the flip side of it, right? Like, you know, the Cowboys have said they want to have enough money left over to field an entirely a team all the way top to bottom that can be competitive. Yep. I understand that. But you're also seeing the alternatives, right? I mean, <laughs> when, it do, when it doesn't work out, just, just, you know, look inside the division. Look inside the division. Three fir- former first-round picks, Dwayne Haskins and, and uh, Daniel Jones and obviously Carson Wentz. We've talked about him. Yeah. Didn't work out for their respective teams. Might still work out for Wentz and Philly. We'll see. But... You know, you're you are rolling the dice in the first round. Even if you think, oh, we got a top pick, we can find a quarterback. It's not guaranteed. Nah. Hey, how 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 bad do you think? How regretful do you think that Green Bay is about oh, what they God. did this year? About oh, taking Jordan the draft Love last year. You got to be more careful. Got <laughs> <laughs> to be more careful. Yeah, that's that was a mistake. I mean, because think about it. If they could have put. I don't what, what, another weapon on the field. One, one of those another wide receiver over there, man. Golly, mm. just the explosiveness in their offense already. Just yeah. Aaron Rodgers is such a difference difference maker, but we don't know if that whole thing is going to implode in Green Bay. Yeah, they, they came and said they, they they came out. Lafleur came out and said today that he'll be the starter next year. Yeah, you better say that. Well, that that should yeah, be the I case. Would hope so now here's here's the thing about Green Bay is that I don't know if you can necessarily say they regret it right now. They do, yes, one hundred percent, because they didn't win the NFC Championship and they're not in the Super Bowl at the moment. Sure, yes, they regret it. But if Jordan Love turns out to be really, really good, just how Aaron Rodgers did with Brett Favre when he was drafted to Green Bay and Brett Favre was still in the starter's yeah. seat, and I mean, if it, I don't yeah. think you could say right now that or that the Green Bay Packers regret taking Aaron Rodgers whenever they had Brett Favre. I mean, they don't regret that by any means. So, if Jordan Love comes out and he just stinks it up, then yes, they will 100% that might be the worst draft pick in the franchise history. But at the same time, if he comes out and balls out whenever Aaron Rodgers is no longer in Green Bay, then all of a sudden you've got yourself another franchise quarterback. That's yeah, a that's, big if. It is that's a big, a big if. if. And I think, I, think that, I, I think Green Bay helped the Rams make this trade. I think the I think Green Bay see what they did this year with their draft pick. I think they yeah. helped the Rams make this trade. They said, "Huh, they drafted somebody in the first round. He didn't even suit up." Uh, yeah. I don't think we need our first round draft picks. We're okay. If you wanted to take a look at quarterbacks, just for those that are that are interested in terms of quarterbacks that were taken with the number ten overall pick, if if you were wanting 
the Cowboys to take a number 10 or a quarterback at number 10. The last one I can think of is Josh Rosen. He was taken by the Arizona Cardinals at, at number 10. Oh, Remember no. how much of a sure thing that was at the time? Yeah, that didn't work, that didn't yeah. work out. Let's just say that. Oh, I mean, he was replaced yeah. one year later Golly. by Kyler Murray. So I'm just saying, if you're wanting to take a, a, a premium pick and make it on a quarterback, it's fine by me. But you mm. need to get your – not when you have a franchise quarterback. You can't do that. And, and we're in February now. The, the franchise-slash-transition tag period starts in 22 days. It's three weeks from tomorrow is whenever that franchise tag period opens up and it goes till March 9th. And, Rob, is March 9th, is that D-Day for the Cowboys? And by D, oh. I mean Dak. Is that Dak Day? By That's that's whenever you <laughs> need that deal to be done by is March 9th? I, well, if not, then you have to franchise him. And mm. so you can keep negotiating. Yeah. But, I mean, I... It's artificial deadlines, right? It's like, you know, if it, to me, it would be very ideal to get the deal done by the start of free agency, which I think is March 17th. So you know exactly what your cap flexibility is. And right now, there's just a lot of unknowns with that um, because of the pandemic. Uh, but, but again, it's artificial deadlines. Like, when it really comes down to it, it's that summer deadline of, oh, this is, that's D-Day, you know, because if Isaiah's right, man, if it's two years on a tag, that just doesn't happen. Where Kirk Cousins, think about Kirk Cousins, that, you know, two years on a tag, he left after that. Gone. So, you know, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's the big one when it comes right down to it. It was a give me my money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm looking at some of these. Uh, no question. Hey, I got a question. I got Go a question for, it, for you, Kyle, before you hit the, before you hit the, if Dak comes in and says, hey, I need 40 million or I, y'all, y'all can miss me. What you gonna do? Sign him, Rob. Yeah, I've said sign him, sign him. I mean, that's yeah. you know the, the the prices for for signing quarterbacks, the, the the financials, it's not going down. It's it's just going to continue to go no. up. Yeah, forty forty million dollars would would not uh, be a deterrent from signing Dak. I mean, that would put him. That wouldn't put him above the, the top tier guy, the top guy. So he would be in the ballpark. And look, next year, when you talk about the contracts that are coming with Lamar Jackson and other guys, they're, they're going to they're gonna eclipse that easily. Yeah, I think I would sign him too. Isaiah, would you not sign him at $40 million? No, you have. You, I mean, you, okay. after this year, you have to. I mean, if it had, it had it not been for what took place this year, probably not. But... Uh, you know, just for the argument that Heckman brought up earlier, you're not Aaron Rodgers. You're not, you know, you're not. Um, why can't I think right now? Yeah, you're not Aaron, and you're not, TV you know, 12. Russell Russell Wilson. Patrick you're not Mahomes. those guys. So yeah. um, you haven't you haven't done what those guys have done. So from that standpoint, no, I couldn't pay you forty. But after this year, oh, whatever you want, sir, <laughs> whatever you want. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so that's the leverage he has. So, yeah, you guys talk about the injuries. I mean, the injury, that injury that he has, he'll be, he's fine. That won't be a problem. And the thing is, you know, if, if it's the tag again, it's $38 million if it's just for the one year. So, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's, a tough, it's a tough deal. But, I mean, we've kind of laid it out there. The alternatives are you're rebuilding, you know. And, and I don't think they feel like they're a rebuilding team. I think – I think defensively, it could take a year or two to kind of get to where you you want to be. But if they have Dak and they get healthy, I think they still feel like they can be very competitive within their division. And then you get in the playoffs and and you you see what happens, you know? Now, are there alternatives to the franchise tag? If Dak Prescott gets his deal done, are there players on this roster where the Cowboys could potentially franchise or transition tag a player? We're going to answer that question. We're also going to look at some of the ways the Cowboys could build around Dak Prescott and get that roster back up to contention level. When we come back on the other side of the break, you're listening to Talking Cowboys presented by Geico. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears. Okay, let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. There's nothing as unique as our eyes, which is why Essilor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, 
and Crizal for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. The Cowboys way. Where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing. The star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Dear, it's 1908. Don't you think we should get electricity? Hmm, and stop using candles to see at night. It's just electricity lights up the room fast. It's more reliable than candles blowing out, and people seem to love it nationwide. Well, candles are... Dear, did you just run into the wall? Nope. May I have a new candle, please? Historically, switching to new technology is a no-brainer. Today, it's AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure, and nationwide. Switch to AT&T 5G. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan. May not be in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Back to Talkin' Cowboys. Final segment here at Talking Cowboys from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star in Frisco. Kyle Yeomans, Heckma Harrison, Rob Phillips, Isaiah stand back. And whether you're listening to Talking Cowboys, you're working out, maybe even trading some of those DraftKings fantasy football players, well, guess what? You can experience audio at a whole new level with Bose QuietComfort earbuds, the official earbuds of the Dallas Cowboys. I can hear myself in Isaiah's earbuds, and that's unfortunate because they're not Bose QuietComfort because it's experiencing audio at a whole new level. It's not the right way. But, I mean, I know Heckman Harrison hears me just loud and clear. Heckman, what's it sound like? It's like a symphony in my head, Kyle. (laughs) I don't know why that's funny every time. Yeah, uh, uh, there's no reason why that should be as entertaining as it is just because, uh, but it is. You love it, though. I do love love it. it, Okay, so I've got a stat for you guys. I I, I mentioned Josh Rosen in the last segment about quarterbacks taken with a 10th overall pick since 2000, and this is going to blow your mind. There have been four quarterbacks taken with the 10th overall pick in the NFL draft. Now, Josh Rosen was one of them. If you want to go one year prior to that, it was Patrick Mahomes. So right there, I mean, 50-50, right? That's pretty good. So you had Patrick Mahomes, Josh Rosen. The other two, how about Blaine Gabbert? Uh, That was quarterback out of Missouri (laughs) in 2011. How did that turn out, gentlemen? Not too great. He's still working. He's yeah, he is, but it didn't turn out too well. The other one was he's, in, actually, actually, he's backing up TB12, isn't he? Is he? I don't know. Actually, is he? I don't. I have no idea. I think he's TB12's backup. I don't know about oh. that. I don't know about that. We, we, we just heard from Aaron Gonzalez guy, in the back, and he said uh, he said he is TB12's backup. So Aaron Gonzalez producing things. I love that ain't it. Bad. He might get a Super Bowl ring out the deal. Yeah, he How may be. That, he may end up being. Sorry, Blaine. I, I apologize for for dragging your name through the mud. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and then 2006, Matthew Leinert, quarterback out of uh, of course mm-hmm. USC. Matt Leinert. But uh, yeah. Arizona was the one that ended up picking him. So I don't did, know. Did you see this other quarterback stat, Kyle? What's that? From going back on the DAC subject, mm-hmm. fifteen quarterbacks were drafted in 2016, including one Rain Dakota Prescott. He is the only one left that has not been benched, cut, yeah. or traded out, mm. of, out of fifteen, mm. and he and there were seven picked ahead of him. So, and that's a large number of quarterbacks. Yep, seven that's, ahead of them. That is wild. I couldn't believe that when I saw so that. So that's a one, one in seven chance to find a quarterback in 2016, and you got it. You you hit it. And then out of just the last 21 years of NFL draftees in the spot that you're drafting at, it's a 25% chance of finding a franchise quarterback. And, I mean, sure, 25% sounds great, but not really whenever you need to find a quarterback if you have one already, and that just doesn't work out for me. Now, mention some of the the characters around him and trying to find some guys in that that franchise transition tag period. I, I mean, I'm curious to hear Rob's take on this because if Dak Prescott does not get franchise tagged, 
And by that, I mean they sign him to a long-term deal. Who's the next player up that would receive a tag, either on the transition or on the franchise before that March 9th deadline? Because, I mean, there are a couple guys free agency-wise that you don't necessarily think would be tag-worthy. Is there anybody tag-worthy from the Cowboys? I don't, I don't see one, Kyle. I really yeah. don't. I mean, because with the franchise tag, you're talking about, I think it's the, the average of the top five salaries at a certain mm-hmm. position. That's, yep. that's just a ton of money you're committing. And you go past Dak in terms of free agents, uh, the next biggest name you could argue is maybe Alden Smith. And yeah. I just looked it up. I mean, the franchise tag for defensive end last year was almost $18 bucks. Ooh! I, uh, I, I got to do that. I, I think that it's it's Dak or nobody, I think. Yeah. So that's a positive thing because if you had to franchise Dak Prescott to continue the negotiation, sure, at the moment it'll say, oh, no, we had to franchise him again. But really that's just kind of keeping your seat at the table whenever it comes to those negotiations. But you're not giving up another player. Like as if in last year you were worried about either transitioning Amari Cooper, you wanted to tag a Byron Jones, you wanted to sign a Dak Prescott. I mean, there were so many guys last year in the offseason that you could have placed that tag on. Since there's nobody there, does it make you feel a little bit better, Heckma, that you wouldn't actually have to give up a player if that ended up needing to be franchised? Yeah, I mean, but like Rob said, I mean, after Dak, if you start talking about what you would give like to Alden Smith and and Rob, who's after Alden Smith as far as a free agent that you would you say Cheeto? Probably Cheeto uh, or Jordan. <laughs> I mean, uh, probably, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I just don't see that happening either. So that that place marker for franchise tags is not going to be offered to any of those guys. So LP. Yeah, man. What'd you say? LP? LP? LP Latisor? Nah. <laughs> nah, he, he's vested. I think we're good. Yeah, yeah, he's vested. Oh, man. So, I mean, at least there's options here for the Cowboys, and hopefully they find a way to get it done. Now, we also got a chance to hear from Will McClay, the Senior Bowl, uh, this past week, and, and Will McClay and his scouting department made the trip down the Mobile. That was really about it. No coaching staff went, really wasn't a ton of front office presence, but Will McClay made his trip down to the Senior Bowl and got to check out some collegiate guys and, and, and meet them face-to-face. I heard the Senior Bowl spent $12,000 on plexiglass to have these meetings wow. in person. So over twelve grand in plexiglass to even have these in-person meetings whatsoever. And then Will McClay was a part of those. But, uh, Rob, anything that you took out about what McClay said and, and kind of the way that this draft process is headed right now? Well, yeah, like what you just said. I mean, it's a it's a new world, right? In terms of they got to meet. You know, I liked he he, called, he compared it to speed dating. You know, it's fifteen <laughs> minutes with a prospect, but it's behind glass. You know, you're if it's not virtual, it's got to be a situation like that. Uh, usually, the Senior Bowl for front office folks is not just evaluating talent. It's also you know, guys around the league are looking for jobs. You know, it's kind of a job fair, too. There wasn't that this year, you know. And so I think they were strictly, you know, down to evaluating prospects. And, you know, I there are always – it seems like every year the Cowboys are drafting somebody from the Senior Bowl. Now, I, I don't know if there's anything to that. I, I think, you know, they've done enough homework on guys that are senior prospects to begin with. But you go down the list. I mean, Dax, a guy they got to meet with uh, in 2016, Zach Martin, DeMarcus Ware, and, and small school prospects are usually really get an opportunity to shine on senior bowl week so um i just think it 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 was it was great that they got to send people down there you know it was a limit of 12 or 10 per team Mm -hmm. uh, because of this situation we're in but um just to be able to get down there and get a little bit of a look uh and get a look at some guys that might have opted out i think there were a few of those guys too right kyle so uh, i think that that's a good situation too now, from a player standpoint, Isaiah, I mean, the Senior Bowl week, like it is a job fair for coaches as well. It's your one opportunity, at least this year, to get in front of a coaching staff. So how important is it knowing whenever you're going into that draft process that you have to have some of those relationships with coaches in front office in order to maybe up your draft stock? It's huge. Um, it was a bummer for me because I blew my foot out and I couldn't attend yeah. the Senior Bowl. But, um, you know, when I got to the Combine, 
I was out there talking to everybody. I was shaking hands, kissing babies, and you know, <laughs> slapping people on the butt. You know, Jason Garrett. I was doing it all. Wow! Just because that's that's the one opportunity that I personally had to encounter um, and, and let these guys know exactly who I was. So when you have opportunity to sit down with these with these coaches, when you have opportunity to sit down with these general managers, with these owners. Um, you know, even after the combine and the senior bowl, you know, I don't know if they're going to do it this year, but you know, before you could fly guys in, you know, you fly guys in. I remember when, when, when Mr. Jones, Jerry, you know, double J flew me in and I got to sit down and talk to him face to face at this, this massive location. They called an airport, um, here at GSW. <laughs> and I, I, I remember sitting down having those conversations and those, those are the ones where they truly get an understanding of who you are, what your character is. If you're BSing them, if you're just trying to give right answers, let me ask you some stuff about your family. Family that nobody else has asked you before. You know, what are the things that you like to do in your spare time? Like just the regular everyday, who are you as a person type questions? Um, because so much of the combine, so much of the senior bowl, these these mock interviews are scripted, right? And these these agencies or they have this stuff down to a T now where it's like, hey, they're gonna ask you this, this is your response. You're gonna ask you this, this is your response. And these owners and these general general managers and coaches want to get you out of that environment and find out exactly who it is that they're investing in. Heckman, what do you think about the Senior Bowl? I mean, it, it was said, it, Will McClay said this earlier, talking about how it's important to know what the coaching staff is seeking in terms of these prospects. I mean, fitting to Dan Quinn's system, fitting into Mike McCarthy's mindset, even Kellen Moore on the offensive side. But at the end of the day, they're still looking for really good football players, and they're making their their adjustments, and they're trying to get to the point where, as a roster, you feel good enough to go and take best player available when April rolls around. But at the same time, how much of an evaluation process goes into it from a front office perspective? Because Will McClay's out here saying, I want that guy, but the coach Coaching staff and Dan Quinn, who was a head coach elsewhere, might say he wants something different. Well, there's got to be a heightened sense of urgency with all of this, especially with Dan Quinn coming in. And, you know, the communication lines between the front office and the coaching staff have always been excellent. And Will McClay has prided himself on that and making sure that he communicates with his coaches on what they want. But, you know, with COVID-19 and not having, uh, you know, not being able to go to Indy this year Mm -hmm. and, you know, pro days looking a lot different, man, like I said, they are going to have to rely on a lot of film and getting out there and interviewing these guys. Because again, if you're going to pour millions of dollars into players that you don't actually get an opportunity to sit down and talk to, that changes the whole dynamic of the way that guys have been drafted uh, in the past. But I, you know, I have a lot of confidence in Will McClay and the scouting department. These guys have been able to find a lot of diamonds, uh, in the draft and you know you look at last year and just the way that things changed with COVID and you know I think that's where you had those players that came in at the Anais the Reggie Robs that you know look these guys maybe became project players because you didn't have all the information I don't think that they're going to make that mistake again this year not to say that those draft picks were mistakes I'm just saying the evaluation process is going to be heightened and they're not going to be in a situation where COVID is this new thing and they're having to figure out how to maneuver around it but I think it is very important I mean and if you have a guy at 10 that is just a no-brainer and it's going to get to that point because there may be some guys that slide in this draft and that the Cowboys may not Kyle have thought Pitts. that they would have even had an opportunity to get. <laughs> and if that happens, mm. and if that happens, what do you do? Because like Rob said, you may be looking at this guy that may be a potential Hall of Famer, and you have to go with need. So Uh-oh. I don't know. <laughs> no, I want to know what my man Rob has on that. It, oh, it's going to play out over these, over these shows, but it's going to come out. <laughs> <laughs> Best player available, right, Rod? That old, oh, the old BPA, the old there BPA. We'll B- see. We'll see if it comes to that. It'll be very interesting, heck, to see how, how that might pan out. Gosh, that'd be so fun. Yeah, there, that'd be so fun. There are a lot of guys, and, and when I was watching the Senior Bowl, I mean, I saw a bunch of talent. Maybe it hadn't been the same Senior Bowl in, in years past because so many guys had opted out. And, you know, may not have wanted to go to the Senior Bowl. But, man, I'm just used to seeing that one guy that you've been watching all year come to the Senior Bowl mm-hmm. and just, you know, hike and you'll go, go the next level and guys making themselves uh, some money uh, at the Senior Bowl. You saw a few guys uh, that did that. And so I'm sure if Will McClay was out there, he's, he's got his pick of the litter, especially on the defensive side. 
I mean, they took three players last year from the Senior Bowl. Neville Gallimore, Reggie Robinson, and Bradley and I. All three Senior Bowl guys, all three were in that day two, early day three realm. And so I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if there were some guys there. I mean, there are names throughout the list that went down the Senior Bowl uh, week and showed out and played decent. And, and, I mean, some of them had really bad practices but had really good games. And, I mean, Keith Taylor, the the, the defensive back out of Washington, not great in practice, but he had a fantastic oh, game. I mean, he was all over the place. That's what we do. That's what we do. You dub. And then, I, I mean, <laughs> I, I, since I mentioned one guy from your alma mater, I'll go to, to, to Rob's as well. But Texas A&M's Kellen Mond, I was not impressed with his week of practice. And then he goes out and he wins the MVP. He goes and wins the MVP of the game. And so, hey, I mean, it, it, it's Mond crazy. Kellen Mond is a – Kellen Mond's a perfect example of, oh, he got an offensive line that was actually really good around him, like in a great running game. Wow, he's he had a, a career season this senior year at AM. It's mm-hmm. like quarterbacks, if they get some help and they're good, they can be really good. So the other thing too, Kyle, that I don't know if you agree with this, but Bucky Brooks has been writing on the website about yeah. Senior Bowl all week. And the thing that I like to see was he said, O-line, he feels like, and it was well-represented at at Senior Bowl. Mm -hmm. You could find some O-linemen if you're looking for depth on your O-line for the future. Uh, It doesn't have to be early, necessarily. So that's encouraging. No, there were a lot of guys. Alex Leatherwood, I thought, was fantastic all week long. Matt Rule was even, I mean, in the middle of the practice, was talking about uh, Alex Leatherwood and how good he was anticipating in the snap and so many different things. So if the Cowboys don't use that 10th overall pick to take a tackle, like uh, a Rashawn Slater or a Christian Derisau, or uh, I don't don't think he'll slide, but Penny Sewell, like these top three guys that are at the offensive tackle position, that depth needs to be there. You've got a comp pick in the third. You, you're going to get a comp pick in the fourth. I mean, you're going to have five picks in the top four rounds. Take an offensive lineman. Let's get some depth because there's questions about Connor Williams. There's questions at tackle. Let's figure this thing out because when you get Dak Prescott back and hopefully re-sign to a longer deal and you have all those weapons like Kyle Pitts and CeeDee Lamb out on the outside, then, yeah, let's take some offensive tackle depth there <laughs> and, and make sure that in the third and fourth round that, that Kyle Pitts is protected on that, that edge and that we can use him as a receiver whenever we take him with the 10th overall pick in April. But that's just that's my oh, wow. mindset with okay. the whole thing. So. Yeah. Um, there's a there's a lot going on in my head right now about Kyle Pitts. I'm dreaming of Kyle Pitts in this offense. It is not a symphony. Oh, it is so a symphony. Oh my God! It's like a symphony in my head. All right, that's it for talking Cowboys presented by Geico today. In my head, on the field, it'll be beautiful music for Kellen Moore and everybody involved. But. For Chris Beam and Aaron Gonzalez in the back running the show. For Heckma Harrison, Rob Phillips, Isaiah Stanback, I'm Kyle Yeomans. Join us again next Monday, 1130. Thanks for listening to Talking Cowboys. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!